0: Well, g- good morning from me as well. Um, now, I didn't know the scouts were staying in for the talk until this morning, so I've changed my talk so you can understand me. So if you don't understand anything I say, just find me after and complain to me. and We'll talk about it, but hopefully you can follow this one. Um, the point of the harvest sermon really, well, there's two dangers that we can get wrong in this Morning service. Number one, we, we leave here and we're all ungrateful for God's gifts in our life. Well, that's no good, is it? That's like getting a PlayStation off your mum and then never talking to your mum again. You, you want to get to know your mum and say thanks for the PlayStation, don't you? Yeah? No, lost them already, all right. Never mind. The other danger is we all leave here um, uh, worshipping the planet instead of the God who made the planet or worshipping, you know. The environment or something, both are wrong, and we want to avoid both of those two extremes. Um, now, then, when something is new, we, we go, Wow, I never heard that before. Um, so, I'm going to tell you something that you may never have heard before. Are you ready? This is non regular information from Owen. In a room of 23 people, there's a 50% chance that two of them have got the same birthday. Amazing, isn't it, Scout? 23 people in a room, randomly, there's a 50% chance that two of them will have the same birthday. Amazing, you're stopped in your tracks, aren't you? Here's another one, apparently, well, I'll ask this as a question, how much sweat do you think comes out of our feet every day on average? Hey, I've told you I've changed it to entertain them. How much, guess? Who said a pint? Joe, was that you? It is a pint. Sue Roberts, a pint. Wow. Wow. Well, that sort of ruined the big moment, Sue. (laughs) But apparently, one pint of liquid comes out of your feet on average per day. Isn't that amazing? Well, it would have been had that Sue not. Um... Now, that's amazing, but if I say, oh, there's bread on the shelves in Tesco, you'd be like, yeah, so? Hear that all the time. Hear that all the time. Nobody's really shocked that there's bread or food in our fridge when we go home, and it's on the shelves for us, but that is amazing. It is amazing, and the aim is to leave here amazed, because, did you know this, half the world lives on less than $5 a day. Half the world lives on less... We spend that on a coffee in the morning, don't we? Before 9 o'clock, we've spent more than that in Cardiff. But half the world on less than $5 a day. And uh, I guess a reminder today is not to normalize what's actually really special. Don't normalize what's special. Now then, linked to that, I had a big section on uh, the the Hadron or Hadron Collider and quantum physics. So I've cut that out. I'll just summarize it. Um, I remember a few years ago when they made this big machine which sort of uh, smashed particles into each other to try and figure out how the world works and space and everything in it. And there was a newspaper, you learn about them when you're older, that's an old thing, newspapers, and there was a Christian writing in the newspaper and there was a non-Christian in the newspaper and the non-Christian said, well now we've figured out how these Higgs particles and Boson particles work, we don't need... God anymore because he obviously doesn't exist because we've just figured out how the whole universe works right and then the Christian wrote but th- th- that no you figured out how the universe works but that doesn't mean that someone isn't behind the idea of it and he said if you open a bonnet of a car and figure out how the engine works that doesn't mean that Henry Ford doesn't exist you know you can't make that leap and he said so we thank God for particles and the universe um, Higgs predicted how it works and Kern found out about it, but today we celebrate the God who invented it. If you see a painting on the wall somewhere, um, the, the paint like, is part of it, but the, the paint didn't do the painting, you see? And today is a call to celebrate the God who, who gives us so much behind it. Now, my question today is, why does the engine of the world work like it does? Why? Why is there a harvest why do seeds have to go into the ground and die and spring up and produce things that we eat to sustain us? Why is there weather cycles? Why is there like a deathly winter and then like a new life of spring? Why? Why is there anything? Right. According to God, it's because of God. In his Bible, he says he invented the weather and seeds and crops and winter and summer because his teaching is about who, what he's like. See? So one day, God, the Son of God, he's praying in the Bible and he prays to the Father. Father, I want all these people here to be with us and share in our love because we love each other so much. Before the world was even made, we were just loving each other and, and I want people to join in that love. That's what Jesus prays. So what they do then is they make the world so that everybody can join in. The love that Jesus has for God. And it's it's, it's amazing being in love with God. And when He loves you back, that's why anything exists. That's why you exist, see? To love God and to share in His love and get to know God is the best life in the world. And in Genesis, Nick read, well, all of a sudden, right? God's like, right, let's get going and let's invent things to teach everybody about us. Me, God. And uh, all of a sudden, Nick read uh, Genesis 1. On the third day of creation, seeds are invented. It's called the day of seeds that Nick read. There'll be plants which like shoot up. Why? Why are there seeds? Why are there anything? If Rita makes me a lasagna, uh, which she does, thankfully, I don't spend all of tea time analyzing like the compounds of the physics in, in the lasagna. I eat it and I'm thankful to Rita who gave me the lasagna. Uh, and I want to know more about Rita. So, why are are there seeds in this world that the Lord God has made? Well, Jesus wades in, in John chapter 12, that Nick read, and he said, the hour has come for me to die like a seed. And I'm going to come back up on the third day and rise again from death. So people don't have to be afraid of death anymore. So everything around us, our job today is to realize it's just preaching a message to us about who the living God is. Like wheat. Wheat shoots up from the ground. Why? What does it make? Like white bread, pastries, Domino's pizza. Yeah, you like that one? Albany Road fish and chip shop. All from wheat. No, is there wheat? Yeah, potatoes, same thing. Um, Rice Krispies, wheat. It's all springing up from a seed that has to die in the ground. And Jesus is like, yeah, yes, things have to die. And one day I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again and I won't be like a pizza. Uh, That's that's just a reminder. When I die and come back to life, I'm just going to destroy death and shoot up from the ground and everybody who trusts in me, they're going to never really go through death either. They're going to live forever. So when I come up on the third day, when you think of seeds, think of me rising from the dead and going to heaven and taking people with me. Um, Then... You probably know this, Scouts. Leviticus chapter 23 is the best chapter in the Bible. You knew that already. And um, there's a celebration meal that they have in the ancient church. It's called the First Fruits. And uh, this is where they have a feast called Passover and, and and then three days later they have a new feast called the First Fruits. And what happened was, a priest would dig up some fruits and would hold it up before God and say, thank you for these first fruits which are coming up from the ground. And they had a whole celebration about it in church. Thank you for this first, because that means there's going to be more coming. Thank you for these fruits and bread and wheat and whatever it was. And, and food is so special. Remember that, children. When you go home and have your sandwiches, thank God for your sandwiches. Because in the ancient church, they were like, thank you for the ground that sustains us. Like I remember watching The Lion King in uh, 1994 And you remember that scene where Simba is held up before the world and everyone's okay because Simba's there? That's what the priests used to do in the life of the church. Thank you, God. We're going to get through another day because you're feeding us. Thank you. And I do think it's a tragedy that we appreciate food so little. And not just food. Clothes. Everything. Crops. What a tragedy. Here's some facts about supermarkets, children. Guess how many items are in an average supermarket? Go on. You're not allowed to play this one, Sue. Go on. How many items in a supermarket, roughly on average? Yeah, 100,000. All right, it's a bit less than that. So what's going to happen now is when I give the real number, it's not going to sound that amazing, see? Because you went so, so fast. It's not going well today, is it? Go on. One more. 100. 500. More. Go on. One more. 750. Should I tell you how many? That's a good answer. Should I tell you how many? On average, in the supermarket in the West, uh, there are 39,500 items for us to choose from. No wonder Mum spends so long in there, doesn't she? <laughs> 39,500. And did you know? Did you know? They've started to double the size of trolleys because it leads to us buying 40% more stuff we didn't even need. Notice, though, we're not 40% more appreciative or happy when we leave the supermarket. We're just, we have that same sense of entitlement, but it's just 40% more. Um, incidentally, did you know that 50% of shopping trolleys in America have E. coli in them? Yeah. Puts you off, doesn't it? And then some supermarkets just leave random trolleys around, so people who just run in to buy one thing get distracted and buy a whole lot more. There's a whole scam, see, that we need to be aware of. Point is, that is an overabundance of goodness in our lives. Now, I've married into farming stock. My in-laws are all farmers. And like in the video there, you wouldn't believe the hard work that is behind just your sandwiches that you're going to have at lunch. And it mustn't be forgotten. There's something godly about all of the food in our lives. There's a message that we need to take on and be thankful for something had to die in order to come back to life in order for us to get through the day and it's written into the very fabric of the world here is what someone in the new testament says the first fruit uh, meal was all about christ has been raised from the dead he is the first fruits of all those who have died. For since death came through one man, the resurrection of the dead belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. For as in Adam all will die, so in Christ all will be made Life. Christ is the first fruits, and when He comes again, we will all join Him as the full harvest. That's 1 Corinthians 15. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, when you see seeds coming back to life, you are to think of the Lord Jesus Christ rising from the dead and be thankful not only for sins forgiven and death defeated, but for every little sandwich that we have along the way. Food-based, plant-based lessons are all the way through the Bible. All the way through. I'll tell you about one more. There's another feast. Fifty days after that one I just told you about. It's called Pentecost. Fifty days later, and then all the other crops are here then, and they go and pick up all the other crops. And then in the New Testament, in Acts chapter 2, what happens on the day of Pentecost? Loads of people become Christians, and get to know God. And it's like they're like a massive harvest being brought in, and they're all raised to life, and they get to know God, and go to heaven when they die. That's the feast of Pentecost. So, when you have Rice Krispies before bed tonight, and there's loads of little harvests like they're bob, bob, bobbing around, you ought to think of your church family, and all the people that God's put in your lives there, in, in your little Rice crispy bowl. Look, there's Richard Barrett bobbing around there. You're, 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 to, you're to think of the full harvest of church family. That's how the Bible says it. There's Diane there in the Orange Crispy Diane. I'm going to pray for Diane. I'm going to pray for Richard. And I'm going to thank God for the full harvest of church family in my life. And I had loads more. Feast of Trumpets was going to talk about that. I'm not going to do it now. I was going to talk about the Feast of Tabernacles. Because it's all about new life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in Jesus all things were made by Him and for Him and we get to share in it. Now for the last bit of this talk, you're doing excellent, excellent. The last bit of this talk, I just want to explain why death to life and new life and crops and springs and all this stuff springing up is written into the world, into the engine of everything. It's telling us an important message and the message is this. Something needs to die before it truly comes to life. That is written in the very fabric of the cosmos, the world. Human beings need to die to themselves... and stop thinking about themselves so much... and living just for themselves... but to live for God... and then all the other people He puts in our lives as well. We have to like say no to just being our own little God... and become awake and alive to get to know the living God... and His name is Jesus. Because children... This may offend you, but it's certainly true of me. We are utterly rubbish at actually being thankful for stuff in our lives. Utterly rubbish. Do you find it hard to always be thankful for your brother and your sister? Or for your Rice Krispies? Or your pizzas? I find it hard. I've just got this thing in me which is just like selfish. So I have to think about, I have to die to myself. I have to say no to me and yes to the way of God. Here's a story. There were two men running away from a bull in a field. And one of them shouted as they were running, I think we better pray. We need help. Pray. And the one man said, Dear Lord, for what we're about to receive, make us truly thankful. And the man said, Not that type of prayer. Now there's a very helpful, a very thankful man. But most of us aren't that thankful. And we've got a problem of selfishness. And we grumble more than we say thanks for everything. Here's a story more accurate of human nature. Uh, A mom hands her son an orange. The son takes the orange. The mom says, what do you say, son? And he goes, can you peel it for me as well? (laughs) That's more like us. Needing help to be grateful to God and to people in our lives. See, human history has just got blood all over it. Blood and death and anger. If I bought FIFA for my sons, do you know what one would do if the other one lost? They'd have a fight. Wouldn't they? they get angry that they lost the match. They'd have a punch-up. And that's us, see? We get angry. Someone gives us a gift. And we struggle to be truly grateful to God and for the gift. Um, There was a famous singer once, children, called Elvis Presley. Actually, I'm cutting that story out. Forget that one. That's like a Certificate 12. Don't do that. I'll tell you another one. I spoke to Rita the other day. Well, I spoke to her today as well. But I spoke to her the the other day because she went to the cinema. I said, why'd you go to the cinema to see. And she said, Mrs. Harris went to Paris. And I said, what is that? What happens if Mrs. Harris goes to Paris? And Rita said, a woman goes to Paris and buys an expensive dress. And that seemed to be be it. So I said, what does she do that for? And nobody really knows. Then I said, did Mrs. Harris give any of her money to the church to spread the gospel or help poor people? Anything like that? Did it go on the dress? Oh, it went on the dress. Sounds to me that Mrs. Harris needs Jesus in her life if everything went on the Christian Dior dress. But that's us, see? We could all be a bit like Mrs. Harris. Like, all about me. Jesus, and I better wrap things up. Jesus met ten men who had leprosy. He healed them all. Only one came back and said, Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. That's more like our story. We need help to really love God. And He will help us if we ask Him. I had another friend once and he had an accident on a trampoline and he broke his neck and he couldn't walk and he had to go to hospital. And I remember I went to visit him with my dad and the guy who broke his neck, he knew we were Christians and the first thing he said when he saw us was, your guy upstairs, he meant God, your guy upstairs has been looking after me because they say I'm going to walk again and I'm going to be alright. That was about 17 years ago. And as far as we know, he still hasn't come to church and given thanks to God really for healing him and for putting hospitals in the city where he had his accident. So today, children and adults, we give thanks for our food and for harvests and God's kindness for our food, clothing, friends, church, family, biological family, anything, jobs, but also for the Lord Jesus Christ who paid the penalty for sinners so we're never going to get told off by God the Father because He's done it for us. He's also gone to death and He's broken that for us and He's risen again. And He can be the very best friend we we'll ever have in our lives. So don't forget that. I had a big bit on what if we don't have much and uh, a funny quote that I read yesterday. I'm in a really bad place right now. Not mentally, I'm just in the UK And I had a big bit on uh, what do we do if we really are heading for difficulties and we're not going to have food and stuff like that. But I'm not going to do it. We'll look at that next week. You've been excellent. We'll end with this. Here's a verse for us to remember, children. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And that's our high calling today. So we leave here praising the living God. If you want to come back next week and learn about how He keeps us even if we run out of food, I'll see you next week. Weren't they excellent? Excellent. Well done. Let's sing.